found it. The Japan Web Podcast, blowing hot air to the back end of Tokyo. I'm your co-host, Matt Bigelow. And I'm Tom Molesky. We present to you the inner workings of Japan with an outsider's perspective and zero insight. Zero insight indeed, my friends. Week after week, less and less insight. It's amazing that we can reach these depths of lack of insight. Yep, just as the negative interest rates are spreading across the globe, so is the negative insight spreading across this podcast. Nothing but negative interest rates. I like that. Mm. How uh, how's everything going? Yeah, pretty good. I'm I'm, I'm over it. I think I think the uh, I'm just, over it. D- despite all of the all of the uh, all of the the programming, I think it's <laughs> I think it's over. I think the COVID is done. Oh really? Yeah, you're past it. Let's I'm, move on. I'm over it. I've been over it for a couple of weeks now, to be honest. Really? You see, I'm starting to to just embrace it. Actually, yeah, I think if it, I haven't seen any dead bodies, and I still don't know anyone that has it. Okay. Or or I mean, so I don't know if it's if it's a global pandemic. By now, we should have had all of like the Spanish flu photos coming out, you know, or or tractors shoveling heaps of bodies into open air graves. Uh, none of that's really happened. I think the problem is that it is serious in certain situations, but they're always in the media trying to intensify it. And when you do that, then people like you know take shortcuts or use you know, um, they'll, they'll use a picture from somewhere else or something like video footage from somewhere else. And that kind of dismantles the whole, um, the whole actual, um, story, the whole, um, argument. And then even though it's, uh, it was true, the validity has gone down because they've used like faulty information. Yeah. Or it depends on which media stream you tune into. You've seen all those, uh, uh, dancing nurses in the hospitals from across the world, right? Yeah. It's, that's kind of weird as well. Empty hospitals with people dancing on multi-million dollar pieces of equipment. And well, yeah. uh, I saw one uh, crossover video where somebody took a, a news report about the COVID and all of the yeah. deaths and put mm-hmm. that yeah. um, audio report over top of a whole bunch of those dancing nurse videos. <laughs> yeah. And the title was something like, the bodies are piling up. Let's make TikTok videos. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know what the thing is now, what we're finding is there is, there does seem to be like just certain key elements that would push it over into some, a very serious situation. But if those elements are missing, then it doesn't, it seems like we've overreacted. California is one example of it. California is um, a very, very minimal fatality rate um, because they found out many people were actually, um, uh, infected, but very few of them died. But then you go to New York where there is a huge fatality rate. And I think the, um, one of the key factors that people weren't looking into at first were, um, the number of homeless, it was spreading amongst the homeless, you know, and understandably so. And those people were riding the subway, especially overnight. Um, so that, I mean, is just spreading it everywhere. But you didn't have that in California. And uh, places like New York are heavily in debt. And if you put down coronavirus death on the on the hospital sheet, the hospital gets about $40,000. Well, I'm not going to go there as far as the conspiracy. But, but I, I think 
the, there's there's key elements to this. Um, I think there's just I'm saying and, some hospitals might be a little bit on the corrupt side. Oh, I won't doubt that, but I wouldn't. That seems to me to be an extreme case. I, I can't see that just being widespread throughout hospitals. It might not be the doctors, but it might be the administrators. Okay, who are in control of the budget? I, I mean, I I entertain the notion. I I'm I guess in some ways I'm just hoping it's not that. Yeah, I you wouldn't know? doubt it. Yeah, privatization in the medical field uh, compiled that with um, business mm -hmm. managers in charge. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, it's. I mean, the money's on the table. The money's on yeah. the table. It's ripe for corruption. I'm. I'm. I'm just. I'm just hoping it's not that. <laughs> I guess. I guess that's the only way I can say it. But um, I've never heard about corruption in New York, by the way. Yeah, sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Sarcasm noted, as any as any true New Yorker would appreciate. Um, you know, uh, yeah. So, um, anyways, yeah, yeah, yep. Are we uh, going into our first song for the day? Uh, all right. So you gave me a challenge last week to listen to a yeah. new uh, album. Um, I kind of took the idea of the album in the context of a 2020. Uh, which means mm -hmm. YouTube, and I streamed one of my favorite bands in the world called Clutch, okay. and okay. they are also um, having a really practical, business-minded approach to shifting into doing live streaming. Um, this is a video called. No, well, this, I got I got it from a video, then I went and bought the song. So Clutch, you, I gave you some money for this. This song is called In Walks Barbarella, and it's my okay. favorite style of music. Oh, okay, nice. Funk. 
In Walks Barbarella by Clutch, released, I think, 2018. Pretty cool. If you're interested, yes, Tom? That's great. I I love that, actually. Yeah, um, it's a a bit of a throwback, and I I love that sound. Um, I love it, just a a harder-edged funk kind of style. That's that's great. Uh, I like the lyrics Definitely as well. Definitely want to check that out. It's a uh, clutch is great. Yeah. It's it's very uh, a sludge rock. Um, yeah, a lot yeah. of rhythm, like a lot of drum toms, and uh, mm. screaming strange sets of words together. It's a lot of fun. They're always great. I'm gonna look it up actually. Uh, Sometimes funk is a little bit too clean, or or, yeah. the, or the topics of the. I mean, clean lyrics. Um, okay. uh, but with these guys, they get a bit, they, the lyrics are, are odd. Like it's a weird band. Mm-hmm. They're weird dudes. And that's lacking in a lot of music these days. Like the people are weird, but the music is too clean in a way. So they're not afraid to get their hands and minds dirty. Oh, nice. And they're, they're a recent band. No, they've been at this for 20, 25 years. Oh, okay. A very, oh, nice. they, they, and so that makes sense. I, we've been talking a lot about live streaming and, and how musicians are trying to shift during the mm-hmm. Corona crisis to deal with the cancellation of all their shows. One thing that I noticed Clutch is doing is that they are doing live streaming as well from their rehearsal space. And nice. the, the camera itself is very simple. It's just a laptop camera, but okay. they have they have a sound engineer there and all of their mics are tuned really well, set really Mm -hmm. well going through a sound engineer who then gets the sound quality where it needs to be and sends a line out to the computer. And then they live stream that onto YouTube and they'll just do it randomly. Like, all right, we're on five minutes, boom. And all of their fans would be like, Oh my God, they're on. And, and, uh, Mm -hmm. it, it works really well. It works really, really well because it's not a visual performance. The, yeah, you, yeah. you want to see what the bassist is doing and you want to see the drum, the drummer flailing on the toms and all of that. And it, right, it, yeah, it yeah. works. They get about 30,000 views live. And um, after a couple of days, their live streams up to 100,000. They're probably going to wow. do something like a, a payment where you could pay, chip in a few bucks to pay and people are willing to do that. It seems with uh, YouTube live streaming. And one thing that I've noticed is that they just released another single on, it's on their YouTube page. You click mm-hmm. on the link and the link takes you to a website that has all of the different uh, players available like Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, and you can um, download it from there. So you don't have to go onto the Amazon, iTunes, whatever your thing is. That one link takes you to a web page which has all of the platforms available for you right there. Yeah, that's really smart. That's um, and yeah, um, I, I've noticed. Uh, I'll talk a little bit more about this later. But a lot of people don't 
they're they're so caught up, uh, I think, in the uh, either the creative side or the production side of it that they they don't promote it well. They don't promote the um, uh, the performance or how to get there or explaining it. And I mean, the link should be everywhere, or they should always there should be a list where you say, this is where you click, like dumb it down as much as you can spoon feed your audience. Exactly. Cause yeah. we all want to be spoon fed when we're consumers, right? Yes. But, but I mean, especially we're, when we're on the internet though, I mean, we're already going to be distracted by three or four different things. So, I mean, yeah, we want to, there's only like a, what a five, 10 second window to get that person to click anyway before they're onto something else. So, so yeah, you really do have to make it as simple as possible. Yeah, it's intuitive. I think it's great. And so uh, I didn't know that Clutch was doing all that until you said, hey, I have a challenge for you. Go listen to some music. And I was like, <laughs> why are you telling me to listen to music? And I was like, okay, I'll yeah. go listen to music. And I found <laughs> I found this uh, band that I really love for the past 20 years, uh, releasing music that I really like and also taking into consideration the changes in um, media consumption uh, on a very practical yeah. uh, business uh, sense level. Yeah, yeah. Well, when I did the challenge, actually, I learned more about myself, and that is my attention span is falling very fast. Uh, um, I found it it's actually really difficult for me to just listen to an album and do nothing else. Well, like, it's impossible. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, and, uh, sober, like I can do, I can have a couple of drinks and then I can kick back and get into the music and that just puts me in the right frame of mind for it. But yeah, just listening while doing nothing else. I'm, I struggle with that. Um, I picked an album that actually is a lot more mainstream and I don't listen to a lot of new music outside of just singles. So I, uh, picked this one that, um, it's, uh, that, that had a single I love on it. It's uh, Erica Badu. Uh, it's uh, a New America Part One, Fourth World War. Um, I learned a couple things. Like um, when I see the words avant-garde put in front of a genre, I'm I'm gonna be a little bit skeptical about the on guard, avant-garde. Yeah, avant on guard. Uh, yes, uh, it keeps me avant on guard. You're yes. right. Um, and uh, I think that was one thing. Two, if it's a concept album or concept ish i'll say you gotta really go in there more invested in it you can't be like listening casually to it if you're going to listen to it from from beginning to end demands um, a lot of your ears it, it really does and uh i also noticed that um there's a big difference between like something like good poetry over good production as compared to a good song I find yeah. like you can listen something to something for the lyrics and say, Oh, you know, the, the arrangements good, but it's not the same thing as actually enjoying a good song. And right. I got you. Yeah. 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 Um, and that's not a put down of this album. It's just maybe a put down of me and I'm not necessarily with the times as much, but, um, I, one of the big singles, I Thing from this album was called Healer, and I, I could not get into it. And it was one of those where I was like, oh, that production's really nice. The lyrics, the meanings, the words are really nice. Am I enjoying it? Kinda. Mm. But um, there were actually four singles off this album that I loved. There was one called Me, there was one called Master Teacher, Telephone, and then the single I always loved was Honey. Because um, Badoo is really dynamic and really charismatic. Like, you 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 watch her perform and you just want to like her. 
Um, and it, that comes across in those singles. Some of the other ones are more like filling up the concept of it. Um, more of that, oh, the production's nice, the lyrics are nice. Is it the song I, I, I like? Maybe not. Mm. But uh, I'd say for most people, and let's be fair, I'm pushing 50. Um, for younger listeners, yeah, absolutely. And this isn't actually that new an album. This came out in like 2008. But um, but uh, for me, it was like the stuff I liked, I really liked. The stuff I didn't like, I could, I don't need to hear it again. Yeah, good point. Time moves on, and uh, yeah. so do our listening habits, you know? Yeah. In fact, from 2008 till now, probably listening habits have changed a lot. So in any case, it's worth a listen, though. So right. definitely check it out. Erica Badu, what was the name of the song? Uh, um, the the album was uh, New America Part One, Fourth World War. All right. I'm not sure if Erica Badu is going to be leading that war. <laughs> Some <laughs> diva in charge you know of what? the war. Erica Badu would be an excellent leader, or at least a front person, like um, a person up front speaking. Like she's she's very dynamic. She has that personality. You, like you want to like her. All right, I think so. Anyway, um, two cents. Yep, great. Uh, I was going to play my song. I'll probably move my song up to next week. Okay, we should probably. I just sent Mickey an email. Uh, All right, we'll do this for ten minutes. Um, so I was out walking around. I've been listening a lot to the um, Unabomber Manifesto. Really? Yeah. The As one te does. Technological Society by Dr. Ted Kaczynski. Yeah, um, yeah, sure. It's talking about how technology just only operates to reduce our freedoms. Uh, and I'm, I'm walking around. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to this in a very interesting way. I went onto YouTube and I tried and I found some people who recorded their voice, but there's no pop filter, and a lot of people are added to adding their editorial feelings to the text as they're reading. And then I tried to get it from Audible, okay. but I couldn't get it from Audible for some reason. So what I did is I used yeah. technology. Okay. I put my iPhone 10. Okay. I put the I put the accessibility on um, for 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 deaf people. So it oh, reads out websites. Right. And then I went to oh, the wow. Washington Times, um, yeah. uh, which has a, a total backlog of the Unabomber Manifesto. Right. And you just click on one paragraph, and then the AI reader will read you the paragraph. And I have oh. it hooked up to my Bluetooth headphones. Yeah, yeah. So I'm listening to an AI speaker through wireless communications telling me all about the freedoms that the technology is going to take away from me as I'm walking around Tokyo and everybody is looking at their phones, totally transporting their consciousness into some sort of cybernetic dimension. I feel like every time you do this, you're almost like trying to put yourself in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, I like to have control over it. And because I'm listening to this this AI speaker telling me about all the freedoms I'm going to lose. But in a way I'm using the technology to gain access to the freedom of the information that the text contains in itself. But a lot of the people who are using the AI, not the AI, but the smartphone, social media, they're kind of being psychologically manipulated into using the technology, which could be a, a distraction of the freedom that they could otherwise be using. 
You see, for me, I would just put on my mask and go out and take a walk. But you you have all the concept behind it planned out. And like, how much of this do you plan out before before you actually go listen, go out and walk around and listen to it? And how much of it is just observation? Um, I had the idea in my head to to mm-hmm. see what Ted Kaczynski was up to because I was listening to a podcast and they were like, oh okay. yeah, that that guy, he's, a lot of what he was saying was right. And I was like, well, I have all this free time, so why yeah. don't I uh, look into it? And I looked at some of the text and I was like, I don't feel like just sitting and reading. I wouldn't mind mm-hmm. having a podcast or a, an audio sample and I couldn't get it. So then I, I, I manipulated the technology to match what I wanted to do. And then I went out for my daily walk for an hour and a half and I cycle through the paragraphs and the topics offered by the Unabomber. <laughs> I just feels like, okay, so it's half kind of planned out and then half you're taking observations as you're listening to it as well. And you're kind of adding to it, adding, um, kind of dr- making it more dramatic. It is more dramatic, but it is observational where I'm listening okay. to this AI voice telling me you're going to lose all your freedoms. The technology is more powerful than your freedoms. Your freedoms are going to go away. And if the technology gets weaker, you have to use that as a moment to destroy all of the technology. And then as I'm listening to this, the speaker in my ear, I'm looking at all of these people totally absorbed in the technology, but I'm also using the technology. You could have been like Lawrence Fishburne's character explaining it to Neo in the matrix where (laughs) it feels like that a bit. Yeah. Where you're just walking around and then an agent uh, shows up and he's like freeze program. And he, and Neo realized it's a, it's all a simulation. My part was uh, cut. It's, it's on the, it's on the editorial floor. (laughs) I think you could have rocked those sunglasses with like no <laughs> ear holes. Yeah. <laughs> it is pretty matrixy, by the way. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. yeah. Did you see the woman Absolutely. in the red dress? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Look again. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> I just want to taste the steak. <laughs> oh, and that, he, he just, uh, in the hospital, actually, that Joe Panto Leon. Oh, really? Leon? The, yeah. The yeah. Guy he with the mustache? The yeah. Traitor? Yeah, oh, I can't remember the name offhand, but yeah, um, I think he was just in the news. Like he was uh, hit by hit by a car, I think. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. Talk about a coincidence. I, I, yeah, not well. Cipher, damn you! No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we got a couple of minutes. So as I was out, um, yeah. out in a boot, uh, another mm-hmm. aspect of the technology is the Uber Eats. Um, if if people aren't lost in the social media of their, of their choosing in their free time, a lot of people now are using the Uber Eats algorithm and they put that on their bicycle and now they go to restaurants and deliver food to people. Oh, okay. Um, this is in the news. I sent you a, um, so during the, the the coronavirus lockdown, um, people are now ordering more and more food. Uh, do you have it? Yes, I do. I can read that to you. All right. All right so uh, from Japan today, uh, today's uh, news, the Uber Eats uh, the Uber Eats delivery service in March saw a 20% increase in the number of restaurant contracts in Japan from a month earlier due to coronavirus stuff. Uh, at the end of March, uh, restaurants using Uber Eats topped 20,000 compared with some 17,000 a month earlier. Uh, Dem 
Is that Demaicom Corporation, one of Japan's major food delivery operators, said it saw orders in March rise some some 300,000 from the previous month to 3.03 million. According to estimates, household spending on eating out will decrease by 75 to 80 percent. Wow. Yeah, that's how crazy it is. Almost every bicycle on the road now has, has a Demaicon or a, a Uber Eats package on the back. And all of these cyclists are just looking at their phones, driving around, dropping off food to people. Sounds dangerous. It is kind yeah. of dangerous. What's interesting about this is that it is algorithmically driven, and then there is like a, a AI quality to it where you can put surge pricing and all these other uh, mapping and, and, you know, location services and, and such as uh, those things. Uh, what What's interesting <clears throat> about this is that it's an external AI yeah. application, meaning <clears throat> that there's a physical infrastructural component the bicycle and yeah, yeah. with on top of that the the algorithm that sets the, the where you go to deliver and and how the customers access you and things like that so that's okay. a very successful um component to the expansion of ai is that it's in uh, physical and w- as well yeah, yeah. as a digital backbone on top of it uh and it's evolving in real time yeah yeah and it, it improves in real time not only that, but if, if enough people start using it, yeah. companies like Uber Eats begin to understand what type of food certain income brackets order at what times of day <laughs> and which restaurants send which food to certain areas of town. Yeah. So you can begin to map out a socioeconomic food delivery big data structure. When to raise prices. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder how that's going to turn out. Like, you're in Colorado, just, you know, at about midnight, the the price of Funyuns jumps up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, called no Funyuns. (laughs) Quick, order them before the Funyun jump, you know. (laughs) That's right. T minus 20 minutes to the Funyun jump, you know. (laughs) Data traffic shoots up exponentially. Well, yeah. So just always order things off hours, even if you're not hungry, just to avoid that. Mm. It, it also indicates how important uh, telecommunications networks uh, are becoming, not only for standard communication and messaging, but also how people get their food. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. I get nervous about that, though, the way people are isolating, like how much of that's going to carry over once we realize how convenient it is to get food uh, delivered to us. Well, so if you want, you can read the, uh, the the Unabomber Manifesto. Yeah. <laughs> I'm depressed enough. I don't need that. <laughs> it's so crazy. I cut you off there. I'm sorry. What were, no, were no. Just... I was just going to say also that, uh, I mean, you know, we're isolating. And once we have that convenience factor kind of um, uh, kind of we take that in, we kind of take it for granted, we're going to not engage socially um, from now on. And then our, our, you know, our health obesity is definitely going to shoot up, you know, like that's, I don't think that's a good thing. Like, I hope that people start, you know, going out to eat more as soon as this is over. Yeah. I miss it. I want to go out and get a big fat steak just like Cypher. Yeah. I'm, I'm an introvert, but I like, I don't like to necessarily engage with a lot of people, but I like to be around and observe. Oh, yeah. And going out yeah. and eating is one of the pleasures of life. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Should we give, uh, see what, if Mickey is around, uh, he might have something to add to this topic. What do you think? 
Mr. Mickey Acorn, absolutely. Let me introduce a person I consider to be one of the pillars of the Chibachuo music scene. He owns a label, he runs concerts, he directs plays, and he's a member of 50 different bands. Mickey Acorn, welcome to the show. Welcome to the band what? All right, that's way better than Matt's intro. <laughs> Yeah, I thought so. It's great to be here now. Now, <laughs> now it's great to be here. And how are you handling yourself in this lockdown? Uh, it's uh, it's it's been a little tough. I am a uh, very small business owner, and right. uh, and uh, just you know, even starting in January, we already lost some students who parents just were worried about it. Like sure. Yeah. And, uh, just over time, yeah, lost a lot of students and then had to go to a online, uh, format that is not profitable <laughs> in any way. It's tough. Uh, yeah. 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 Especially like if, if you, uh, don't, like I always say, don't look at the online, uh, English lessons that you can find, like don't Google it. Why not? Uh, it's, uh, I don't know who the teachers are, but like some of them, if you do the math, uh, they would have to be getting paid like 600 yen a lesson. I, yeah. I don't know. Oh, like, are you talking yeah. about like DMM English? Yeah, just oh, there's a whole bunch of them. There's like, yeah, there's so, so there's schools where online, uh, you know, and I guess you're, you're speaking to more strangers, people you don't like really have a relationship with. Uh, but like for the same price of my school, you get like 25 lessons a month, some crazy thing, you know, and it's like, yeah, no, we're not, we're not going to stay in the online thing. Uh, hopefully yeah. we, hopefully we'll be back, uh, in the class, uh, in the school, like in two more weeks. Okay. That's, that's the hope. Uh, that's, you know, from the, the, the friends, uh, I don't, I don't know your guys' situations. Are you... I'm unemployed. Have you been working at all? No. Unemployed? Yeah. Um, I'm on like this kind of if I work, it'll be online. If I don't work, I'll get a, a 60% of my salary. Yes, okay, so, right. That's, See, that's me too. so fair. That's super fair. Yeah. You're you're getting that too, Matt? Yeah. Okay. So even unemployed Matt is doing better than you. Sweet. Oh my God. I, I'm sorry to hear that. I wasn't trying to, it wasn't a mocking <laughs> tone. I was like, right. I, I did, uh, from one of my other kind of, uh, Baito, you know, part-time uh, jobs, I did get, uh, like 1100 yen for free in remuneration because of, I guess, like what they would have, uh, a prorated figure of what they thought I would have made oh, okay. if I, if, if they were open. Yeah, but, but I hadn't worked there, you know, in a long time, and so they gave me yeah, eleven hundred yen. That nice. Was, that was nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna give it back to them. You yeah. know? it's the thought that counts. <laughs> yeah, really, that's really yeah, all that's that counts really there. Counts. <laughs> how do they find that money and give it to you? If it's <laughs> is that how much yeah, everybody's hurting? It's uh, well, no, it's like really the formula is three months, like three months salary divided by, you know, three divided by four for a week prorated week salary. Right. So some people who work for that company, they got, a you know, a fantastic vacation out of it because like, you know, probably like Tom, they got 60 percent of uh, of their, you know, kind of prorated earning. It's just right. I just didn't work. I just didn't work there. So. All right. 
like, yeah, it didn't put in the time. So that was what I got. So, yeah. Are you surviving though? Are you man? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it's all like, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's funny how this is all kind of like, yeah, things are slowing down. Uh, you know, so I probably am not spending as much money because there's no money. There's nowhere to go. Right. Uh, so, you know, so it's all kind of, um, so far so good, but the, my biggest problem is because of the amount of lessons I have to actually do. So like I went from having 17 lessons a week to 40, right? So like with less, with less, uh, like students with less money, Mm -hmm. uh, intake. So, um, it basically just means there's no reason I like, if, if I can't have kids in the school in by next month, there's no reason for me to have that school basically. Like I'm just eating rent. I'm just going to be, yeah. 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 So that's, that's the, that's the real kind of like, I won't know for a few more weeks if it's totally terrible, but, uh, yeah, but like, uh, surviving wise, I'm not worried about me in any way. I'll, I'll be fine. Uh, yeah. With all this going on, you still thought enough, though, to put a fundraiser for a live house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I gotta give I gotta give Chris Nelson, uh, you know, the the most credit for that, though. That's uh, you know, he 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 did everything except for talk about it here. You know, mm-hmm. I'm 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 the one talking about it here. But you're finally doing something. Did. Yeah, I'm finally <laughs> doing something. Fifty bands uh, was only a slight exaggeration, by the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but that that CD, it was such a great idea. Uh, yeah, go know. into it. So, what is this CD? And give us a little so, bit of a background or what's going on. And sure, uh, you know, sure. Uh, so, just for like uh, the real quick, the real quick uh, speed. For a the thumbnail sketch. Real, yeah, thumbnail sketch is there's a little great little live house in Chiba called Toppers. It's kind of like a gamso. It's kind of that like, you know, that's the people. It's 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 just a, a musician's place to be. That place uh, you know, grew all this music at Chiba, but every once a month there would be a showcase called Long Live Rock at a really nice like pro live house. Uh, you know, like uh, with lighting guys and sound guys and, and, and all that stuff. Um, and that place, you know, usually it's a Norma, you know, kind of system. But like for this Thursday night, uh, we all got to, you know, be rock stars on the on the cool stage. Um, that place, uh, more people started using it. Uh, it's called International Music Party, IMP. I think it's like they're on 18 coming up whenever that the next one, uh, Chris Nelson and Reese, uh, soup, they put that show together. Chris started recording and using the board stuff and giving people like an audio file of like one of the songs they were playing. And I think he I actually did a lot of YouTube, uh, video ones too. So they, he basically asked the bands, you know, which night, which song would you like to put on this compilation? He, you know, he put the compilation together under Sin city records and then we released it through Bandcamp, uh, and all proceeds are going to Anga. Um, and I think it's just about uh, like uh, Goldman at the moment. Oh, you, uh, you've raised, raised about five hundred yeah. bucks. Wow. Yeah, about five hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, now I'm I'm guessing like uh, I'm guessing somebody did a, a, a you know 
you know, Bandcamp asks you how much you want to pay for it, right? There's like a, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. you can you can pay whatever they said, but if you wanted to add, I'm guessing somebody did like a generous purchase of the CD, like because uh, the per units that have been sold, um, I'm not sure if it, you know, if the numbers add up. So someone was really nice, I think, uh, so far. So thank you, whoever that was. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're just doing that for Onga, uh, you know, the heart of Chiba live house. They also are doing their own kind of fundraising thing where they're selling, uh, like drink tickets. So you can buy a kind of bulk, like war bonds. That's what I kind of think of it. Like <laughs> you can, you can buy like a sheet of like 20 drinks that you can, you know, drink there later when everything, uh, you know, calms Shit down. Shit face bonds. Yeah, shit-faced bombs. And then I'm going to start the campaign like, burn your shit-faced bombs, <laughs> bonds. you know, like burn them, support Anga even more by burning them. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, but it, it, you know, the, the great thing is that that show, and, and again, like uh, Tom here is, is, is just as responsible uh, for the, you know, Chiba, for Chiba music. So uh, he, oh, he, he he had something to do with it too, but it's just a really good collection, I think, of uh, like mostly uh, like local local uh, talent, Japanese and English, um, and they're not bad recordings. Like you know, the it's uh, you know it's alive. It's the, yeah, it's pretty good. We're gonna play one of the songs actually uh, after this interview uh, okay. from uh, from Sen City Sinners. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah. So um, I wanted to actually ask you about Sensity uh, Records, if I could. Sure. Um, And as you generously mentioned that, yeah, I've been involved in the scene as well. Um, It's always had a very large number of performers and venues and artists in in this, uh, in Chiba, and more specifically that Chiba Chuo area. Yeah. And um, I know at least I had always had been trying for a very long time to kind of mobilize it and focus it to kind of, maybe raise more revenue, give it more promotion. Yeah, yeah. I, and right. I never could. How did you approach it? Uh, we, so I, I, I think we just realized that the, um, <laughs> it's like uh, if, if everybody is going to be lazy about, yeah promoting it like the bands Mm -hmm. then just get a shit ton of bands and so the you know the musicians (laughs) are the party and um Mm -hmm. and that's kind of that that's kind of like what's happened with the the imp uh party and so it's kind of like yeah yeah. it's like the imp the sunday nights at toppers my open mic and pseudonuma have like have you know like really just kind of like circulated, you know, and it's like, yeah. I love the fact that guys who started playing at the open mic now have bands, you know, in, in, in yeah. Jiba playing. Right. So, That's true, um, yeah. so yeah, so it's like, uh, cause I, I'm with you, Tom. Like, I, I think there's a lot of people just, you know, and I think I've been on Matt's podcast talking about, you know, trying to value, <laughs> add value to yourself or like, right. you know, to, that people usually undervalue themselves. Um, true. so yeah, we kind of just said, uh, you know, who's here, let's make music. And then my big thing is more about uh, like making an album more than playing a live show anyway. Like, you know, that's what I'm, so I'm in it for that. And like, uh, yeah, so I'm happy that like the Badger line CD, that was like, uh, you know, basically, 
I would say it's kind of like engineered by me and mixed by Koji, but it says engineered and mixed by Mickey and Koji kind of thing. Okay. Uh, but, you know, I, I let Koji do a lot of the mixing. But, uh, yeah, I was just happy that we got like that far. Like You got a that, final like, product. My, yeah, <laughs> like my, my like all the equipment that I've amassed over, you know, over my, you know, kind of like home recording life. Yeah. You know, it that and so – that's the that's the real hard one was like May 19th was supposed to be a really big production day oh. uh, that yeah so we, you know we we were gonna have four uh, you know four drummers for four albums come in. Oh wow! Uh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. You got to focus. That's the, the that's the scam. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the scam, right? It costs so much to set up. Yeah. That for doing it for one band's one CD, it actually doesn't work out like financially <laughs> well. But if you can get four bands in between the setup and tear down, mm-hmm. then yeah yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then you do the guitars at home or whatever. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Oh. How many bands are now under that blanket of Sensei Records? We don't have any contracts. But, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and yeah, who knows? But I, I think like uh, there's, um, I guess I can, I could just see if I can name them who I would consider for the like the releases. So, mm-hmm. uh, Slow Wolves Club was the first release. Yep. Um, right. Reese, uh, the the soups, uh, mm-hmm. kind of yeah. uh, his his punk new new new, uh, new wave punks kind of stuff, uh, mm-hmm. and then the Sandra Bullocks, which is right. my like bedroom uh, pop thing, and Badger Line, which we've done. So those are the ones we've done, and then we've got uh, like uh, what the XXX, what the fuck, right? Uh, choppy Rails, Choppy Railers, uh, okay. Georgina is uh, Georgia, yeah, the peaches, um, and the business, which is like Big Nick and Koji, uh, yeah. So, however, I na- named there that's like where we see you know people trying to get their albums uh, made, okay, uh, for uh, you know the the way the way we're doing it, okay. um, yeah. And so we, yeah, you know, the Bandcamp was against my original idea of just not having anything online that okay. everything everything was going to be a hand you know basically handmade uh you know kind of like limited runs of CDs a physical product uh, that you could physical exchange products yeah yeah um but for the fundraiser you know bandcamp it was a it was kind of a good test to see if it was worth you know cuz to, to to be a Bandcamp label, like it's a monthly, you know, fee, right? Oh, so it's right. like, uh, like eventually, I don't know if it's, you know, if it's a good idea, uh, but we're going to see how it goes. And if people really want to, like, uh, you know, buy buy the music we make, that's uh, that's good too, you know. Mm. But uh, for me, I just, I, I really just enjoy the like the process of re- of recording. That's what I'm in it. That's what I'm in it for. So Chris is definitely the, you know. The the he's the president right, of, of Sen City Records. Yeah, yeah. You're the chief technical officer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. So the people, the new bands, are you like kind of confident in their ability to like stick to a schedule? Are you being careful who you're bringing in because you know, you know, well, musicians yeah, are musicians. Right? Sure, sure, sure. The good the good news is for the drums. Yeah. Um. Every, everybody's Japanese. 
Okay. Uh, so uh, I'm, you know, I don't want to be, uh, I'm not being a racist. I'm being a culturalist yeah. that usually Japanese musicians have their shit together uh, when they go to do something. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was, that would have been, you know, they a show up with their drumsticks. <laughs> uh, so yeah. um, in that, it hasn't been like pulling teeth too much then. There just hasn't that you you know it was supposed to have happened you know that was supposed to be the first big day and it just oh okay you know, right. it didn't it didn't happen because of all this stuff right uh, but uh, yeah um, I uh, yeah I know half of it is just to not uh, to not worry about the, the, the yeah. time the the way some people worry about the time, right? So, Hey, Mickey, like, I, I got I'm a question. I'm raising my hand, by the way, when you said that. Um, yeah. <laughs> when, considering the fact that you uh, want, you, you prefer the idea of physical exchange of goods, but we have this Bandcamp thing that's raising some cash. In your gut, what do you feel like is the better approach in the future? More technology or less technology? Uh, I think, you know, it's it, the, the, the easy... Okay, so it's like... Before, people just literally couldn't make music because they didn't have the machinery to do it. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, like uh, there was a value to to music being made, right? And if you did save up like 50 bucks back in 1950, you could go in and like get, you know, go get your song made in one take and all that stuff, right? Sun City yeah. Records. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so... It's like now that everybody has it, I can understand that there's not as much value placed on it, and maybe that's okay. So it just seems like now because everybody can do it, and it's uh, you just easily it left in the soup of of online content, right? And like you know, like I, I don't know about you guys, but I have over a thousand Facebook friends. And probably 800 likes on my music page, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. it's not like it's not like the internet makes everything easier in any way. No, so, so for me, it's more of uh, if we're going to be like niche and cool about it, then let's make the CDs. Like, let's give somebody the thing they can, uh, you know, you have, something to take home. Or you have more right? control over it that way because, you know, Facebook will just power everything by algorithms and change the algorithms. And yeah, yeah. in a way, you have less control over your own stuff, even though you might have a bunch of, um, you know, likes, but it's not necessarily one like equals one listener for every time yeah, you yeah, upload totally a song not, or something man. like that. Yeah, I can remember when Facebook put that like volume control on. Like I can remember the the month that it mm -hmm. happened where it became reach. That was like the, the trademark name or whatever, where suddenly it wasn't that everybody on your list got to see what you said. It was like, oh, it's being curated for me to uh, show me the same five guys over and over again. It's being curated by some 23-year-old, you know, person from <laughs> Silicon Valley who knows nothing about Tokyo or Gaijin sure. music, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. So it's so, crazy that all these mm -hmm. all of these songs are just now driven by digitally wireless algorithms streaming through the atmosphere. It's quite yeah. it's quite different from a CD. Definitely, I think, uh, and and you know, if there is uh, an AI who's going to listen to all that stuff and has like 
you know, can, I don't know, put it on super fast forward and listen to all of mankind's pop music, you know, in a, in a, in a day, then of course it's going to spit out the the most amazing music everybody's ever heard of. Right. That's the, that's the real scary part. Uh, you know, and we'll, we'll see how, how copyright goes when we get there. But Oh, that's a huge aspect for the AI driven. There's no human thumbprint, meaning that there's yeah. no copyright available. There's a, there's a program called IVA.AI and it means artificial intelligence, virtual artist. And you okay. just click a few buttons and it will make sea chanty music and it's convincing. Oh, wow. So it just knows like it's got all the sea chanties lockdown. Yeah. It just goes with the, yeah, yeah exactly. And, yeah. Um, there, there was a Euro thing uh, a while back that got, they got sued. It was like, because they, they somehow they proved that it was like, you know, they put, they put these seven songs into the machine and it spit out this like, Euro trash hit. I can't remember what that was. I wish I could Google it, but yeah, like there's so it's a, already uh, like a little bit of pioneering copyright issues. <laughs> and moving forward with the idea of technology, as China becomes an AI-driven society, China itself doesn't know the Beatles. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you have a one population of 1.5 billion people emerging from an AI technocracy who have no cultural reference to the things that we hold near and dear to our hearts. It's really right. crazy. So thinking about the aspects, I've been listening to the Unabomber Manifesto a lot recently. So that's kind of oh, yeah. in my head. Okay. <laughs> Tom, how about you? I haven't listened to the Unabomber yet, so uh, but it's on my playlist. It's on my wish list. Um, <laughs> Mickey, I actually wanted to ask, what what is the next step after all this? Um, do you think you'll start to slowly bring more bands in, or um, do you want to try and get more places maybe that would do your events? Or is it maybe going like with uh, what Takashi's doing, uh, with um, you know having his kind of uh, his weekly either playlist or his weekly talk show? Is it more like in some sort of video, a uh, media presentation? Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, uh, it's it's such a strange thing. Like, when I, like, uh, when I came to Japan, I left, like, you know, basically performance and all that. Like, you know, I, I, I haven't done any, like, real acting here. And mm-hmm. music just really took over, whereas music was just always, like, you know, my sanctuary or, you know, church or whatever. Safe uh, space. Before. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's funny how um, there's just so many people who, uh, I guess, I guess fundamentally, most people really like being on stage and performing. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, like that's like, that, that's a big thing. And, and that's, that hasn't really been like my motivation for a long time. Like, I don't think I really like, you know, yeah. I just just felt like the rush uh, of, of of that. Like Dear Lucy, yeah, was a yeah, great example. You right. know, that that was a great example where I was like, wow, look, I like it kind of more in my element of like you know doing a little more than than just the uh, you know just a just a show. Dear Lucy um, was of course a musical that you put on at what the Dickens just for people yes, listening. Yeah, 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 right, yeah. I was going to actually ask: Is that would that be uh, something you'd consider? Maybe a uh, uh, send City Records bands like showcase in the form of some kind of stage production. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've I've I have a few ideas about that, and it really just depends on who's around. Like, th- this is the thing about like 
uh, you know, to go back to like bringing other bands in, like mm -hmm. I, I think everybody who does come in, uh, they want to play, you know, they want to play that same kind of show again or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, like it's, I, it's, it's almost like just a psychological thing of like a lot of people could see that it takes 50 minutes to get to Chiba and think that that's like a million miles away, but like sure. 50 minutes to Ikebukuro seems like it's normal, you know? Yeah. So, so it's like, you know, Very but, true. um, but at the same time, I think, you know, the finding the local people and like, you know, I'd rather find a Japanese local Chiba band than like, you know, uh, an English singing Tokyo band because, you know, there's just, there's not going to be, they can't be a part of the community, right? It's like me and yeah. Gamaso, right? Like, yeah. I wish I, I could have just, be like, hung at a Gamaso all the time, right? Yeah. I loved that place. Like, I just, like, the vibe was exactly, that's my level. Like, mm -hmm. you know, that's that's my level of, like, good people. Like, you know, it's just, yeah. So, but yeah, but I can't go there. Like, I, you know, right. and, that, and that, and sadly, they're, I think they're done, right? They're, yeah, they're closed. Yeah. Um, the COVID killed them. Yeah. yeah. But I heard it was before COVID. I mean, I think in yeah. general, too, it was. Before, everything before is COVID. COVID. Everything is COVID. <laughs> uh, even before COVID was released, the pre COVID era, uh, it, it, I think live houses are, are hurting. I think it's, um, yeah. I think there's a, you know, the, the wave of, um, that explosion in like the, like late nineties where all the, the studios opened up because all the high school kids, you know, had bands and everything mm -hmm. like, um, I, that, I don't know if it's just the trends are changing and like instruments are like still the hipsters are doing it, but like it's not yeah I was mainstream for for the kids these days. You know, we were having this discussion actually on a different show. Yeah, actually, uh, exactly that we were thinking. Um, we were saying live houses, and then we were hoping it would maybe go more to like smaller bars that had like stages, but that also seems to be going on on its way out, like Amuso. Right, right. My yeah. prediction is rehearsal spaces with um, gigabit fiber optic connections. So what you go in and play play like for a, a streaming show? Yeah, you mean yeah, and yeah. There's actually Toppers is supposed to be do. We're 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 doing that tonight. There's an online an online show. I think I'm playing something. Uh, is it is it that same as the last time that Instagram kind I of guess like so. open mic? Yeah, yeah. I was I was watching a movie actually during that whole time, so I, I missed it. Tom, did you did you catch any of it? I watched a little bit of it. Okay. it I mean, it had its, you know, it, they were working through it. But uh, sure. they, they, uh, I, I watched Neil perform actually. Okay, cool. So yeah, they did get through it, and they had a fair, a substantial amount of viewers. So nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's re it's hard. I mean, this is this is the kind of thing, right? It's like where, it's like you know, this all of these things can be done at any time, and there is no, you know, like there's. I don't know how the monetization is going to go. That's the real, that's my real worry. Like, uh, you know, Toppers has had, you know, the, just in the last few years with like Jesus death and everything, right. like, like the, the surge of, of effort and energy that can come out because of just all the love that that place, you know, like it's kind of surrounded with like, but when, you know, when it's not, when there's not a crisis, um, you know, then there's still nobody there on a, on a Wednesday night or whatever. Right. So it's, it's really, it's hard. 
I don't, I, uh, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about, uh, yeah. Toppers more than say Anga, like when yeah, it comes yeah. to the, like uh, survival. Right. Yeah. Um, I actually had one last, uh, thing, maybe, I don't know, Matt, if you had anything else. Oh, no. One last thing is good. Okay. Um, just to wrap up, um, Lionheart is, are they still performing now with a new drummer or? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, Chizuzu, when Chizuzu passed away, uh, I became Lionheart's drummer. Right. Okay. I wasn't sure, but I wasn't sure if there was another person also filling in. No, no. So it's been, uh, what's Lionheart? Uh, Lion Lionheart is the the mama and papa of Toppers. She's a yeah. zoo, and now she's like they've been together since like '82, I think, and they're kind of like local legends. Legend. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just like you know, cool chick drummer, cool, uh, you know, cool guitarist and cool bass player. They're just all all cool. And uh, the bass player Fuyuki also plays in Badgerline with me, so it's kind of cool that I play in two bands with the the same bass player. <laughs> which is nice yeah yeah but yeah lionheart we play once a month that's it uh the, that thursday night show the rare sunday show sometimes but uh yeah it's it's still still happening and still the kind of flagship band of the long live rock uh at night yeah well um would there be any possibility of getting a recording some sort of studio release from that from them yeah that's that, that that's would be the, uh yeah yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's something um, to consider. <laughs> it's it's oh, yeah. it's all it's already it's it's already uh, considered. It's it's okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's more about um, how, like, uh, I had one idea of get like everybody who's a drummer play one song, oh. okay. you know, kind of thing. Like you know, because it's just all the you know you can think of all the drummers that have passed through that that place or me do it all and then mm-hmm. that's like where i'm more scared of <laughs> right right yeah they i mean yeah. but they also have an old school built-in fan base as well yeah, that yeah, would exactly purchase a cd sure you know? yeah, yeah, yeah 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 it would oh. be it would be a big deal yeah we yeah it's uh that's the other that's the other side my things that i things that bands i'm in yeah yeah <laughs> right like, one to, of the 50 yeah yeah so it's like when i'm doing the recording stuff my stuff ends up not being the priority you know it's how it happens so yeah well that that's that's a very clear answer mickey thank you so much yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh what are you guys doing now you keep talking uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna yeah. we're gonna finish off this podcast. Thank you very much, Mickey, for right. being on the Japan What podcast. Yeah. Take her easy. Eh? No problem. All right. Yeah. See you guys. Appreciate it. Donate to the Japan What podcast by going to paypal.me forward slash Japan WUT. Mm-hmm. All right, and that was fun. So uh, why don't we listen to a track by uh, the Sen City Sinners from the Heart of Chiba uh, fundraising album. Yeah, sounds good. You got feelings like souvenirs. You've been holding on to them for many years. If you say you're sick and full of sin, 
Well, don't complain about the medicine It's not for me to say You won't take my advice anyway I wouldn't be the one to criticize When you're keeping track of all those little lies You got yourself in a great big mess I'm not sure if that's a failure or a great success It's not for me to say You won't take my advice anyway So take back your sympathy I'll get by on my own The loneliest you'll ever feel is alone Is alone This is the last time we will meet I'm still pretty happy you're on your feet That don't mean your hurting was right You don't shine any brighter cause you blew out my light It's not for me to say You won't take my advice anyway so take back your sympathy I'll get by on my own the loneliest you'll ever feel is alone is alone so take back your And that was uh, the Sand City Sinners live at Livehouse Anga with The Loneliest You'll Ever Feel Is Alone. You can find that on Bandcamp. Uh, please look up the Heart of Chiba or Sand City uh, Records. I really like that one. I like that track a lot. Yeah, it's nice and catchy and it's uh, really well written. Uh, the, I like the double speed uh, after the tom mm. fill leading yeah, into yeah. The, the B or the C or whatever you want to call it. And uh, and uh, Mickey always great gives a great interview. Uh, always fun to talk to him. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, we were talking a little bit actually about fundraisers, and um, there's another place that I just happened to notice um, that also has a, a crowdfunding page. So people might be interested if you are uh, go to. Uh, 
go in Shinjuku, actually. There's a place called Rosso 198. Um, I don't know if you've ever been there. I've been but, there a few uh, times. I've performed there as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh they got kind of a cabaretish kind of yeah, style of, very they do a red. lot of shows like that. Yeah. Um, a lot of, uh, like, uh, face, um, like theater performances, dancing, body painting, all the, uh, I know, uh, Rashad actually, Shad AD used to do shows there as well. Um, so I figured I'd just drop the link there. Um, uh, if you go to campfire, uh, it's camp-fire.jp, um, go to projects uh, slash view slash two six one five six nine, or basically look up uh, uh, Rosa one nine eight from the Campfire website. Uh, you can find and donate there. They made a little bit of a mistake, I think. They put the link once, and then they connected a lot of pages to it with like uh, like YouTube uh, videos saying donate now. But they really need to put the link everywhere. Yeah. Whenever the person thinks of of donating, the link should be there. Because now know? everybody is asking for donations. Everybody. Right. That's another one. Yeah. And yeah. it's not a sustainable business model. No, no, not at all. Um, it's a, you really. It's a wave that's getting caught by more and more participants. Definitely. It's a pie and you with have, a lot of fingers inside of it. Indeed. And other comparisons. Yes. Um, but in any case, it's you have about a second. If, of their attention. So you, you better have the link ready. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, another thing we were talking about a little bit was, uh, kind of, I guess the, I'm not sure if it's correct, but dive bars, like, uh, the Mickey was saying about Gamuso and maybe the toppers is in danger of closing. Cause you know, those kind of yeah. smaller, we, we, we not- got to remember that not a lot of, not everybody knows about toppers and Gamuso. Like we got to, that's true. We got to right. say what they are, you know, like if yeah. I, if I, if I say Barack Obama, everybody knows what it is, but if we got to say okay. this bar called this in this area, okay. you know, otherwise it's not like everybody's going to know what that means. Like it's, it's in a different language in a different town for most people. So. And this could be the first show they listen to as well. Yeah, right. exactly. Um, and even like in the interview with Mickey, we're just mm-hmm. name dropping a whole bunch of right. things. Right, exactly. I was thinking that it's, too, it's just like, it's like a, if I opened up my my laundry list and tr- started speaking in Russian, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, no. <laughs> it's not exactly familiar material. So, yeah. Well, okay. Then in that case, there's a uh, one very, uh, famous, uh, dive bar in, uh, Asagaya on Western, to- in Western Tokyo called Gamu. So that just recently closed. And I say dive bar in the most loving way, um, kind of makeshift. It was not, didn't start off as a, a musical venue, but kind of made into one. Um, that just recently closed. And in Chiba, there's another one that's uh, very famous and popular with the musical community there called Topper's Bar. And um, they've actually upgraded their their musical equipment a bit, but it uh, clearly wasn't originally put up to be a musical um, a musical venue or concert performance place or anything like that. But those places seem to be kind of losing steam and um, losing popularity. I guess it's it's kind of like a lot of places like that. Once they close, you kind of look back at them very fondly and very nostalgically, but some of the the flaws of the place are are very glaringly obvious when they are open. How about this? With the yeah. increase in consumption tax, it drove yeah. up the price of drinks more than the price of the consumption tax. 
Um, I noticed that when the consumption tax in Tokyo or in Japan went from 5% to 8%, um, a 500 yen beer at Gamaso became 550 yen. Yeah, and yeah. so it it increases a, a total um, add on into the supply chain, and now That's that dive bar you go to has twenty thirty percent higher prices. Yeah, so they try to introduce more and more drinks, but maybe the drinks get more and more expensive because of taxes and imports and tariffs and the economy. So. The dive right. bar used to be a place where you could get a $5 drink and you didn't right. really care. But as soon as that $6, six fifty, seven hundred, dollars is, mm-hmm. is that really what a dive bar is? Right. Yeah. No. And so they're struggling. They're trying to give you more and re- more reasons to stay with them. But because of the prices, yeah, you, you're like, I don't know if it's worth it. This is only maybe a special occasion kind of place instead of a, a place I always go after work. Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah. then there's the um, price point of the convenience store where you can get a nice right. 500 uh, milliliter uh, high quality lager for 350. Mm-hmm. So the difference between right. 350 at a convenience store outside and yeah. 500 yen at a, a bar inside, it's only 150 yen difference. But as right. soon as you cross that 200 or 300 yen difference, yep then there's a whole other a, a market out there for you to interface with. And then that's right. Then outside becomes the dive bar. Yeah. A little bit, the parking lot next door or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Um, but at the same time, places like that are, are so valuable for people that are looking to become musicians or looking to perform for the first time. Those are the places that you can get your start and get experience under your belt and, and, get to know, get to a chance to network. So they are actually, we, sometimes we don't think about it, but they're kind of, kind of crucial to, to like people that want to perform. I mean, if you go through the official, like if you go through a company or you become an idol, then it's, you know, you're totally under their thumb. There's no creative uh, expression and probably you're going to lose a lot of money and time. Mm. But little places like this, this is the places that you still have some control. Yeah, there's a bit of a, yeah. And it, it, mentioning even getting better and uh, you need to have a pipeline. You need to have an introductory um, yeah. setting for people to, you know, access uh, a, a greater thing. Um, you, you can't just walk into a concert hall and, and play your songs. There's a whole, yeah. so those those dive bars do serve as a, as an entry point for people yeah. to, I don't know, enter into performance. And actually to also not only for people that want to perform, but people that want to organize shows. Mm. That's, uh, that is a really key place to get some experience in, in handling like things like, um, sound check times, lighting, like making sure all the band members get there on time. Like, <laughs> Collecting, you know, collecting ticket prices, things like that. Um, you really learn a lot if you do a show there. Yeah. So on all ends, it's kinda, yeah. It's going. So keep them so, alive. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Donate. <laughs> all we can do is ask, but it doesn't hurt to ask, right? Yeah, I know it doesn't. I know that I've been in tons of bands, and whenever a band goes away. Uh, I don't really hear from any place saying, oh, we'll, we'll donate some money for you to stay together. It's like no, right. things come and go. And uh, while it, th- th- they can serve a communal purpose, 
um, it's you know I've I've seen it in my own my own life countless times. So yeah, things move on. Well, yeah, um, the shows also that with I the COVID nineteen. Yeah. Sorry, Tom. Yeah, that might affect dive bars too. People don't want to go into a dirty place and and sit next Definitely. to somebody now that yeah. we're all paranoid of each other. Yeah, that's a good point. That it that means it's going to hurt the business for a long time to come. I think. Yep. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a good segue for our uh, our second wave uh, is the, uh, of the new normal. Of yeah. the new normal. Right? So this is um, taking a look at. I was doing some clipping on the on the news. Um, this comes to us from um, a senior minister, I think, in the Japanese government talking about um, what we can expect moving on to the future uh, regarding this COVID-19. The government's panel of experts met earlier in the day. They acknowledged that there's a drop in the rate of new infections, but said the pace of the decline is not enough. The deputy head of the panel, Omi Shigeru, said people should be asked to change their behavior based partly on the severity of the outbreak around them. I think it's better to differentiate the measures taken in areas where the infection level is high from those taken in regions less affected. Omi acknowledged the pressure that the restrictions are having on people's lives and so-called social distancing fatigue. But he said that even if the measures are relaxed, there can be no easy return to what was seen as normal before. He said people will be asked to follow a certain set of social distancing rules to avoid a second wave of infection. So there we go. So that that guy was, his name is Shigeru Omi. He was born on July, June 11th, 1949. He's a baby boomer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. And he's the president of the Japan Community Healthcare Organization. And he previously served as regional director of the Western Regional Office of the World Health Organization. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. okay. So uh, for me, the, one of the aspects of this whole COVID-19 thing is baby boomers from the WHO telling us how we can never go back to normal. I mean, what's mm. it with? And it's not like there's a high death rate. There's a high death rate for baby boomers. Maybe that's what they're worried about. Maybe I mean, but I tell them to pay more attention. If it was, I was at the at risk group, right? Well, how about they go away? I mean, not die, <laughs> but I mean, just retire and and quarantine yourself. It's, you can't expect yeah. the whole world to 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 just sit down and obey you because you're an aging man and a doctor from a, a, a globalist institution. It's it's a really strange thing. Uh, we can never go back to normal because I said so. I'm a doctor. Yeah, yeah. You saw, have you been listening to Eric, the the portal, the Eric Wines? Yes, I have quite <laughs> quite actively. I think he would uh, approve of what you're of every point you're making there about baby boomers. Because the World but, Health uh, Organization said that there was no human to human transmission in January, knowing right, full well no. the the leader of the World Health Organization is not a real doctor. Yeah, yeah. And then no, all these um, people from the World Health Organization are telling us we can never go back to the new normal. Like, it's beginning to piss me off. It's like, you're seven years old. You mm -hmm. come from a corrupt institution. You're yeah. always telling me how do I live my life. Go away. Yeah, yeah. Um, to be fair, I think people are have already started to stop listening to it, though. I think in Japan, at least. Uh, I, I think... 
I think people have almost set their own uh, um, their own new standards for this, and I think they're going to continue to follow those rather than those kind of suggested by any kind of higher uh, like government power or health organization. I think they've already chosen, quite honestly. Yeah, and to prevent the second wave, it's like we've been wrong about everything. Trust us some more. Yeah, there is a little bit of that. <laughs> I'm a baby boomer who doesn't know what a USB stick is. True. But um, don't you also feel like you have to kind of give an over-exaggerated warning because people are not going to take it at its word anyway? Uh, I don't really – fear-mongering. <laughs> a little bit. But it, that it's again also feels like, like a parent saying, you know, if you go yeah. out after nine, the, the boogeyman's going to get you. <laughs> It's this um, it's a, a sort of overbearing feeling that mommy and daddy are, are, are telling me not to go outside because there's a boogeyman. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I understand. It's like how, you know, how can we take you seriously anymore? It's um, but at the same time, like I feel like if there's any chance that a second wave happens, I mean, they're going to be held to task. Um, no matter how hard they came down on it at first or how um, how strongly they recommended it at first, if there's any second wave repercussions, everybody's going to be pointing the fingers at them anyway. So I don't think they have a choice. I worry about ways. the Karens. But the Karen, what? Sorry? Do you know Karen? Um, I don't know her last name. No, but, Karen no, is a no. euphemism being used no. for the for the the Snoopy uh, neighbor who's ratting on everybody who's not practicing social <laughs> distancing. So there's this uh, okay. huge subset of society that's like, yeah, lockdown. It's not safe. I'm going to tell everybody what to do. So yeah. there's this huge digitally connected subsegment of society that is just waiting to tell everybody what they can and cannot do. Is this Japan though, or is this? No, nah, it's not Japan. So much. okay, I was going to say the neighborhood here. They'd be they have their hands full. No kidding. Yeah, like people are just like, no, I don't think so. I'm going to take my kid to the park. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know where to fall on this. I mean, because there could be an element like you know the homeless on the trains in New York, and suddenly you are in a shitstorm. You know. I, I think you got to be wary while still not completely trust taking them at their word. Why not just practice sanitation? That seems to be what this is all about. True. Okay. I mean, let's say at minimum, just, you know, be cleaner. <laughs> exactly. All right. That's Fair all I wanted enough. to talk about that. Just get it off my chest. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. What do you want? Promotion with Molise or YouTube clicks? Yeah, no, I was just, uh, Back uh, to what we were talking about as far as promotion and stuff. Uh, Melise, uh, um, actually, we're in a uh, virtual concert uh, for um, a, the Buffalo Sakura Park. So it was basically kind of a cherry blossom viewing party um, in Buffalo, and they participated virtually. They did a streaming performance there. Um, I have to say the promotion there was not bad, but again, it was kind of that thing like – when you give streaming links, you have to kind of also spoon feed people um, as far as uh, when they're going to see the show. This is the link you click, but there's nothing there now. So don't worry if you don't see it. Because I think, I still think people are going to 
check it once. And if it's nothing, be like, oh, well, I guess I, I missed it or I didn't see it or I don't know where to go. I have a I, million notifications to get to anyways. Yeah, right, right. Or they made a big error where they put the link, um, they printed the link, but they put it in a, a JPEG. So it wasn't clickable. And I'm like, oh, don't do that. You uh, know what I mean? Good. It's like, I'm not going to type it in. Like most, And you know what? They did fine. I'm, I'm sure they did it. There was enough of an organization. Um, Robbie Takak, who is a, a big um, promoter and the basis of the Goo Goo Dolls, he was behind it. He could spread the word on Twitter. It did fine. But there were little things like that that I was like, oh, you're, you're going to lose people if you don't do that. Yeah, good point. Having the Goo Goo Dolls on your side isn't going to help, that's for sure. <laughs> You'd be surprised. They, no, I'm like, dead serious. Yeah, that, yeah. That, guy, that, they, they, that guy can tweet out and reach a lot of people. Yeah, and he's a very grassroots kind of um, uh, organizer in Buffalo. He's, he organizes a, a huge festival called Music is Art every year. So a lot of people will pay attention if he says anything. Wow. So, yeah. QR, QR code's another way to do it because you, yeah. you can take a picture of that and people can scan it. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah, that they, yeah. So, um, and uh, I've been taking a social media managing course actually online just to pass the time. And um, I've been using that because uh, Molise also put out a new uh, video, music video. And we've been just, you know, with no major publisher or label behind us trying to get the word out as much as possible. And, um, I've just been focusing on Twitter so far, actually, and they're just like, find someone that's like the product that you're selling and just follow as many of their followers as you can and to have a message ready when they follow you back to send to them. Like, it's that simple, but it's something you just have to do every day and, you know, eventually build up enough of a, um, um, like a foundation enough of people that it starts to make an impact. That's a good point. Yeah, Absolutely. but it's not something you can do just once. It's something that's just days, months, years. Yeah, it's crazy. But it's it's actually kind of eye-opening. Is uh, So uh, next week I'm going to just start researching Facebook. I've been applying it a lot to uh, what the Japan what uh, Twitter feed as well. So That's cool. That's great. Yeah. It's getting some traction out there. A little bit. That was the one we needed to work on. Most of our followers came from Facebook. So Yeah. Well, I've noticed on my analytics that Facebook mm -hmm. receives about 90% of the traffic to the website from for the Japan What Podcast, MatthewPMPigolo.com. Yeah. Yep, that's right. Check out the latest episode now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else for today, Tom? You know what? I think we've, uh, we've enlightened people enough, but uh, just... Check out the, our, our, the newest episode. Check out past episodes. Uh, there's always great music, uh, great insights, or no insights, but great advice. And, um, yeah, uh, we appreciate everybody who, who listens to our show. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. All right, everyone, stay safe. I always wear my mask and wash my hands after going home.